Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles The Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. And with me, I have the pleasure of having the Queen of Pain, and I haven't said that for a long time, Maureen Wood as my host. Hi, Maureen. Hey, how you doing? Yes, Good. it's been a little while since you've called me the Queen of Pain. The queen but, of uh, Pain. Did I don't you know if that's that? good or bad. Did you forget that? I, no, not at all. How can <laughs> I? <That's true. laughs> it's ingrained in my memory. <laughs> but uh, you have and I have been known each other for investigating for, God, I can't remember. I was trying to figure that out the other day, and it's... About it's some, 14 or 15 years. It's it's some ridiculous amount. And I know. I keep saying 13, but then I laugh and think, well, that was years ago. So, was it? You know, I, I'm trying to. I you know, I couldn't figure it out. I know, I maybe the early 2000s. I'm not quite sure on that. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I, I actually kind of gauge it by my kids, and my kids were probably my oldest was about 15 or 16 at the time, and she's 31. Really? Yeah. You know, you know, if I really wanted to find out. Okay, uh, you could go. Don't. Yeah. I, I could go. I was looking at this. I have the drawers of tapes, but I, I just realized I moved them. They're no longer in the drawers uh-huh. here. Okay. Well, not but to the, mention, we didn't stop those right away, or did we? Uh, No, no. The show came on. Yeah, but so I, I know that, that if you find the first show on there, uh, which you were later on, by the way, just to let you remind you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, I remember, I really, I remember that the first show we did on WCCM uh, was like a, a ton of years ago. You and I were doing them. Uh, and the first show I, I got in there and uh, I started and I was like, oh my God. And I, I was like stumbling around over thing. I, I listened to it every so often and, and laugh at it. So it was so, so bad. Not that I don't stumble all over, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, were, you, were just, you were just a little late, but I was never so glad to see you in my life, I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, hey, we made it, and I think that was when we were doing it. It was right after work, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, so, uh, yeah, it was on uh, Friday night. On uh, Friday night, it's about... shower just gets yep. scarier, because That's right. uh, Ghost Chronicles was on, uh, yep, right, yep. And it got very scary that night when I got stuck in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways... Uh, by the way, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation uh, with Ron Kolick and tonight Maureen Wood uh, right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, uh, where, and oh, now on Astronet Radio as well. So if you go to Very Astronet, interesting. Very cool. Astronet, whatever that is. But yep, Aye. we're now broadcasting live on Astronet. Oh, nice. So, Congratulations. I guess. <laughs> 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 uh, it's you know it's just amazing uh you know i wouldn't listen to myself i don't know why people, other oh, people that's nice to say well that's just saying you know i mean that's you know uh, 
some people are you know like well it is what it is but that's what it is i just like huh whatever because you know I, I i don't have the greatest voice which is if you listen look at some of the reviews on uh itunes you'll people complain about my voice i tell crappy jokes uh you know people you know what people are critics that you know where are they are they doing it there you go i I have to tell you one of the for those who don't know marvin is a trans medium and uh we'll we'll talk a little bit of that later but uh she is was also the original uh founded the uh, Ghost Chronicles radio show with me, and we wrote two books together, uh, Ghost Chronicles and Ghost Today. And I, I had a laugh at one of the, the reviews on Ghost Chronicles uh, that the show, that the book was written too good, too well. <laughs> That's actually a compliment, it right? It couldn't be real because it was written too well. Uh, well, that's just like people looking <laughs> at an image that has an apparition in it, right? Yeah. And they say, well, that can't be real because it's too clear. Yeah. What's, I, I what's just, the difference? Know, it, that doesn't mean that it's me. fake or it's not real. It just means that you just, hey, it was good. You know, it's, yeah, but it, the, the whole book was written too well. I mean, let's, that goes to show you, I guess, uh, what some of the other books are written like out there, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you know, I guess I will take that as a compliment anyway. We'll have to crappy it up next next book. No. Which we are, which we are writing together. Uh, That's right. Ghost Chronicles uh, 2 uh, hopefully will be out sometime. Um, but we're working dig- diligently on it. And what... Most people don't know Maureen, and they, you know, I mean, like uh, Steve Parsons has written a couple of books, and he, he just goes to it and write it. Which, for, for one thing, it's it, they're not at all like Ghost Chronicles. There are, you know, uh, discussions of equipment and stuff like that. So it's not at all like it. What what people don't realize that when you get Ghost Chronicles written in our point of view, yours and mine. In fact, the font changes, and. We go back and we actually research uh, what we actually occurred. You know that you know because you know memory isn't isn't the best thing uh, right. for anyone. And we listen yeah. to uh, video and, and listen to audio and, on, on some of these cases that we did and, and uh, some things that we thought were one way. We actually saw it and said, "Oh yeah, that was this way." But but we do we we do the research. We do the due diligence and. Uh, you know, you could say they're, they're too well written or whatever, but we put the work into it. And that's why it takes us a while to write these books. Don't you agree? I do agree. I mean, here's the thing. We could just slap it together and throw it out there. But we're, I know for myself, um, I'm a little bit too OCD or whatever oh, really? you want to call I it. I had noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and for those listening, let me tell you, it, we should actually do a, like a reality, not God, no, but a reality show of us writing because, you know, it's, in the beginning it was interesting because I would write, and of course I am so OCD that I just, I have a certain way of doing the typing oh it and then deleting the word, right, or trying to get it perfect before I continue, and poor Ron is sitting there like, well, yeah, oh, oh, then after a while he's like, I'm just, I know enough now, I'm just not going to say anything. So it's, it's a challenge. I mean, it's not easy re- writing a book together, especially with diverse uh, personalities, which absolutely. we have. I mean, we, we uh, are tuned in a lot of ways, but uh, we, we are definitely ourselves. 
and that's what I think we need to be. I mean, if you're going to bring about a book that's in each of our own perspectives, which, by the way, is a little tough when I am channeling and that part comes up, I really don't know what to add. Right. You know? So yeah, that, that's the yeah, it's extremely interesting. And, and for those who don't know what we're talking, as I mentioned uh, earlier, Maureen is a trans channeler. And uh, so here's her favorite uh, analogy. If anyone has seen the movie Ghost, uh, uh. that would be the Whoopi Goldberg character in it, where the spirit actually uh uses your body to speak in other things, actually. Right, <laughs> like, minus the dreadlocks, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you got to light a complexion, too, but that's... that's uh, <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> but, uh, well, you have to be PC, you know, so... Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, it was a... You know, and the funny part about it, Maureen, is, is I've worked with you for so, so long, and, I mean... And I don't mean this in any derogatory way, and and I know you you know it's true. Is is that you scared the shit out of some people? Yeah, I know. And and yet I've never ever been afraid of you. I you know I've always been comfortable with you. I I know at least I'm hoping that's still you in there. <laughs> yeah, it is, and Although I I'm appreciate it. Wonder, you know. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, Ron, and I don't know if I ever told you, but even um, when the books were read and I gave a couple out, like, to my son and my son and daughter, they, hey, so-and-so, their friend, you know, wants a book, so we're all excited. So I said, sure, I'll sign the book. And then, honestly, I get a phone call back from my son going, real nice, Mom. I said, what? Well, my friend wanted to read the book or finish it, but his girlfriend started it and was, was having a panic attack, so she hid the book. <laughs> because she didn't want her boyfriend to read it. It terrified her. She couldn't go to bed for a week without the lights on. And I'm like, really? I mean, I know it's scary, but I guess maybe the more, like, from us working together, and, yeah. and it's just, it is what it is, right? We yeah. investigate, and I, I don't know. And I guess I just had a hard time with people. And I, I don't know, there's been other situations where someone would be, like, really terrified of me, and I just don't understand that, I guess. So I'm appreciative that you're not. How's that? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is, is you know, I know that you're still there no matter who else is there. Uh, and, and there are times that, that uh, spirit that you've channeled uh, have not liked me. Uh, I find that so hard to believe. Yeah, I know. I, I do too. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, and, and, you know, you tossed me around before. You dislocated my finger before. But uh, I was never, ever afraid of you uh, it, or even of the spirit, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and I know that deep down it, it's you in there. And, and for instance, I, the Bora guy character, I remember that. I, I distinctly remember you keeping your hands in your pockets so you wouldn't strike out at me at all because uh, this character didn't like me at all. And, uh, and still, I mean, he, you, you shoved up against me because you, you had to fight that urge from that, that thing. But yet, I, you know, I knew that that was you, and, and I really didn't have anything to fear. Well, and that's, you know, and that, that's really good. And I, I think for us, well, for me anyway, when we wrote, we're writing this book, and a couple, you know, a month or so ago when we were on a certain chapter, I won't get into the details, <laughs> but revisiting and looking at those videos is very haunting to me to see myself in that perspective and the memories that come back with, for instance, my mother seeing it and her, you know, visual Re reaction, reaction to it. Yeah. 
And, and it broke my heart because now my mother's passed, and I sit there and listen to it, and I go, oh, man. And so I wonder, I hate to say it, but sometimes all these delays we get, I wonder if there's not a little help on the other side going, stop it, don't, don't do it anymore, you know? Um, yeah. Because it just seems like every time sometimes you make plans, it just things come up. And, and I put it out there that that ain't happening anymore, we're finishing, and that's it. Yeah. So. The story has to be told. That's right. Yeah, and uh, you, you know, I mean, this book came out originally what 2007, I believe. Yeah. The first one, 2007. It's still on the it, shelves. It, I was up at uh, the Salem uh, Barnes and Noble. It's still on the shelves there, and uh, you know, I did that paranormal retreat a couple of weeks ago, and you know, I still sold some books there. So there's still interest in it, and there's a lot of interest in the second book. So uh, uh, you know, it, people want to know more and more about some of our adventures and stuff and uh, uh, that's why we're sharing with it and it, the, it, and going back to the, the part with the, the channel and I, I do want to finish that off before we move on is that uh, you know it's it's so so strange in that we work together and we absolutely at least I, I think nothing of it. it I just think it's like you know part of you, you know, part of what you do, so it, it, I do it. But even some members of our own team are, are just, like, don't know how to react to it and stuff. It's it's just, uh, you know, I, I think yeah. maybe it's because we do have that uh, little, you know, I hate to say this, but a little bit of a, a psychic or, or a spiritual connection in, in some way that, and, uh, yes. that, that makes it. Absolutely. And I know that even for my husband at one time when we were going out and we were talking about the books and I would say to the group of people that, you know, I, I felt comfortable going into these locations. It was a little tough sometimes because I, I never knew what to expect, right? But if the energy got really strong and I felt someone coming, wanting to come through, I trusted the fact that, you know, you had my back. Um, and for some people, that's very difficult understand they're like what does that mean well i know that when it's almost as if you can read how my my body language is and if it gets gets to a point where i physically it's too much i know that you're there to help bring me back exactly Uh, so and it is it's kind of like a handshake right so you understand and i think at first when it started like i was allowing that to happen you know you were looking at me like and i think you got nervous at first and you'd stop You'd say, okay, let's stop. And then well, yeah, you almost stop too yeah, early. It's a, it's a thing you have to learn. You have to learn, especially the first time. And you and I had never seen anybody trans-channel in my life. And so, you know, I was thinking primarily of you. So, you know, I, I, I would always kind of like try to rush you out of it. And, uh, and, and you, you know, that's the nice thing is we talked about it. We, we always did talk about it. And you say, no, Rom, you know, I, I'm not going to go through this. You know, I, they, they, you know, that's what we're here for is to – to make contact and, and, and to hear what the spirit has to say. So, you you know, you, you can't be nervous about it. And I always remember that uh, way from back in the beginning. And so uh, in, in working with you over the years, you know, I developed, I, I realized, you know, what, when and what, I guess, is, is how it, it should happen. Right. And, and actually, I will say that, you know, there were times that I was like, oh, you know, why am I doing this? But then I always reminded myself that, for me, and that's for people who don't quite get the whole point of why you trans-channeling. I mean, I've had friends say to me, that's not right, you shouldn't be doing that. And I said, well, again, it's my choice. Um, I don't think it's a good idea, obviously. I don't think it. I would never recommend someone to have two souls in one body. 
all right, right. for a long yeah. period of time. But for me, it's a means to help those who have passed in the living. Because if you have someone that's having issues from a spirit that's kind of crossed that comic line, I personally, my belief is if you can allow that spirit to release whatever angst or if they need to communicate or if they need to say something, that allows that energy to be transmuted at some point by coming through, and, and it alleviates it. So I try to put it in the words of if someone had a really, really bad day and you're venting, right? And right. when you vent, you feel what? You feel lighter. You feel better, right? Absolutely. So think of a spirit who might be in a situation where they're just holding on to whatever it is they're holding on to, and there's people there, and they're trying to communicate. They're trying to come through, even if it's for a, for a split second. But to them, it could mean a lot, right, because they'll be leasing enough to lighten up so their anguish isn't as much. So that is why I do it. Now, everybody has their own perspective. I don't yep. think anyone's right or wrong. I just think... Yep. It is what it is, right? I mean, it's your personal choice, and that's what free will is about. Right, absolutely. So anyways, we do have a question from uh, John in the chat room, and he says, uh, at, all, at all your adventure, what was the most scary encounter you and Maureen ever faced? Okay. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> and it's uh, nothing, nothing to do with the dead. <laughs> uh, no? I don't know. I've had a couple. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Seriously. The, uh, the, the murderer you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, he was, because, yeah, you're right, he's alive. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the one going to hurt He you. was more <laughs> physical harm. The spirit you can find to find a way to protect yourself, but, yeah, uh, you know, for those who don't know, it's, you should read the book, obviously. I won't give it all away, but, uh, Ron, I don't, I'm not aware of, where we would go to investigate, Ron would be the one to pick the places and set it up. And one day he calls me in the morning and says, hey, can you join me? And we're going to go to this place and, you know, in mass. We're going to go, yeah, we're going to investigate. Huh? It was in the daytime. It was in the daytime, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm thinking, eh, easy peasy. What could, <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, shame on me. Um, we get there and this poor man's house, I say poor man, but you go into the house and it was a shambles, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was him there, and was it Moose, someone there? Yeah, I think it was Moose. Um, some, this very large guy. But anyway, the whole house was like mirrors busted on the floor in pieces yeah, and pieces and glass broken everywhere. And, yep. and they wanted us to figure out why, right? Um, and then anyway, we, we investigated. We thought it was uh, a little, no, he thought it was a little girl, and we didn't think it was. We thought it was someone behind the the facade, right, pretending to be a little girl. Yep. Um, and he did not like that at all. And um, yeah, We didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. Exactly. We didn't say what he wanted. And then he decided, now the weird part, too, is like he had his cell phone, and as was standing there, the cell phone's like ringing off the hook, and it's all zeros. And well, I, I'm not familiar if that's something that day. happens, but to me yeah. it was very unusual. Yeah, back in that day, too. Back in that day. And... Yeah. And then what he did is you were up at the top of the, you know, all of a sudden he grabs me by the elbow and he, like, drags me down the bottom of the hill in yeah, the driveway to talk to me in private. And he starts telling me how he just was released from prison recently that he had murdered his best friend or one of his friends. And he had been put, but it wasn't him. It had to be the little girl. And he wanted me to come back, only me, to do an investigation. And I'm like, ah, and I'm looking up at the the uh, top of the driveway, and I see, Ron, your eyes were huge. You're like, uh, we need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, so at that time, that, Moose was kind of engaging me, so... Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was keeping you it was, busy. It was time to go. <laughs> yeah, but it was, uh, it was a little hairy. And I remember you saying, you're not coming back, right? We're leaving. Oh, yeah. you you didn't that give me your number. Guy. I'm like, yeah. no, I didn't give yeah. my number. Yeah. Yeah, that uh-huh. was it when I was concerned. Uh, but as far as um, spirits uh, in, in our adventures, what, what do you think was probably the most, uh, I guess scary is the word, the most uncomfortable uh, one that we had? And, and I think I can think of a couple. but uh, I can think of a few. And one of them, well, uh, Chester, New Hampshire. Chester, New Hampshire. Yeah, you remember that one when you literally were like covering me with water, I mean holy water, and uh, it was with the ashes that were left in the house. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that one, I was like, I was the spirit that was very angry, and it was just like they crushed really? me. Yeah, that wasn't like so much scary as it was painful. Um, oh, okay, okay, I, mean, I can see that. And then the other one was actually the stone, uh, the place in Bradford. The stone house. Yeah. 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 That, that was... one was, and that one was kind of freaked me out. And that was actually one that um, was interestingly enough, we got that, there was a picture, remember? And I looked like I, people laughed and said, oh, it was like a monkey over her face. Um, but it wasn't even that. It was the devious feeling and the sinister feeling associated with the energy. And, uh, you know, we people nowadays, I notice, I get emails from people asking for help and, and it's not that I am um, jaded or, I don't know, I just think the big hype is everything's demonic, right? Yeah, that's part of the TV thing. And that's though. part of it. And I don't believe that's the case at all. I do believe there's a, there is negativity out there and there is, demon, you know, demonic energy out there, but I don't think it's as prevalent as people are saying it is. At least I don't, you know, perceive it to be. But in that instance, it absolutely felt that way. Yeah, that was um, a pretty nasty one when... And, and one of the, uh, I think, uh, to me, one of the, the toughest one to uh, uh, deal with was uh, at the uh, the place that was uh, originally it was a a place for people with drug uh, problems. Yes. Yeah, and that that was a whatever you possessed you at that time was was pretty nasty because we we I had two guys hold you and. I like drowned you, you and holy water on that one, but that was that was a pretty nasty thing. I mean, that was tough. And keep yeah. in mind, I think what happens on that aspect because you're a lot of times. Oh, when Lizzie Borden was tough too, by the way. Um, oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's been a few, I guess. <laughs> but as long as you're actually um, opening yourself up, and part of the situation when you're channeling, and you just have to be so, to me anyway, I have to be so careful about how I ask questions, because not only am I picking up, but I'm feeling how they died, right? Yeah. So I'm asking, you know, what's going on, and then I get this onslaught of physical reaction and experience as if it was in their body or their, you know, when they passed, and that is not a good feeling. Right. I mean, but they have been good ones. I mean, we have... You know, contacted children before, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, and and other little old ladies and stuff. And how about the lighthouse? That was an awesome. That has to be one of my favorite. Yeah, where uh, that um, the the old woman there. Um, uh, when you would channel Connie Small, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and yep. uh, Jeremy Dontremont, who was 
never seen that before, never even believed in that. In fact, you didn't even know where you're going that day, and you've never met this woman or anything else, and, and yet you channeled her, and it, it was simply amazing. Roxy Zwicker was there as well, and um, it was, uh, you know, it's they still, I mean, it's in Roxy's books, and I believe it's in uh, Jeremy's book as well, and, you know, it, it's it's been out there, and it, it was truly a... Uh, unusual thing uh, you know an amazing thing that happened so well to me it was hard to explain too it's hard to explain but for me she was so sweet she was so excited the feeling of being alive again that she pushed me out um Mm -hmm. and like i literally i remember her just jumping in and like with her enthusiasm you know um but what was awesome to me was the feeling of so much love and then when I went um, with all of us, when we went back to, to talk about it at the lighthouse, right, when there was a group of people, I have never, and that up until that moment, had not had an opportunity to have channeled somebody and then actually see a picture of them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so when I looked at that, I mean, I could not well, stop the tears. You channeled, you channeled uh, what is his name, Franklin Pierce or somebody? Who the heck, yeah, the heck? but it was different because yeah. it was a quick one. This one, she was like literally part of me. Like I could feel her energy so strong. I mean, I remember just kind of blacking out Yeah. because she was so, and it wasn't because she was trying to hurt me, but she was her sheer excitement of being able to communicate with these people that she loved. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just amazing. And then to see her picture, I mean, usually when we investigate, right, it's, it's centuries, you know, or hundreds of, or five, you know, 50 years, yeah, 30 years, years, whatever it is. Yeah. And you no, don't necessarily have the picture of the person, you know. Right. So uh, that one really touched my heart for that, to, to, you know, really look at it. And it just, I was very emotional. And, with, you know, I never expected that. I mean, the emotions just came on like, turning on a faucet so right and i mean and we were there to investigate the lighthouse and you know a paranormal you know the the usual suspects and you know nothing you know is 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 touching is is that anyways uh we're actually coming up to break now so we're gonna have to take a a short break and uh here comes the tunes so anyways uh you're listening to ghost chronicles uh next generation with uh ron kolick and my special co-host tonight maureen wood and right here on Tojinet Pararex Astronet Radio. Ooh. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he is a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2, 
But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Do you remember how to take us back? Now it works. Uh, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to hearing a little bit of music and we're back. <laughs> Whatever. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, right here on Touchinet, Pararex, Funny Paranormal, and now Astronet Radio as well. And uh, we actually have another question for you. This is from Ghost Girl in the chat. And he says, uh, do the spirits ever come home with you? <laughs> uh, not with me. Um, my house oh, not big yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. Actually, um, we, should, we, we should put my husband on. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, put it on. Yeah. <laughs> See what it says. But those, my poor husband is sitting in the other room, and so I'll try to be quieter. Um, <laughs> but actually, yes. And, you know, again, it's some spirits are tied to the location, we found out, and not all spirits are, you know, obviously. So, and usually I would take, a t- take time. We went to this one investigation, Concord Colonial Inn, um, and... That's also in the book because it's very uh, incredible what happened. But going to the Concord Colonial Inn, all this, you know, my husband was supposed to come with me, and he's very, he's a guy who's, you know, great guy, but he has a very difficult time dealing with death, okay? I will say that. He'll kill me literally if he hears me. But he has a hard time with that. So he doesn't like going. He doesn't understand the whole let's go investigating because why go look for something he doesn't want to be involved in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so... He basically was supposed to meet us that night, and he canceled yet again, right? So uh-huh. I remember we were up in the hotel when we had done a radio show, and all of us in the group were together. And, and Haunted uh, Room 24. Haunted Room, what was it, 24? 24. Yeah, Haunted Room 24, and Ron and St. Jan were going to be spending the night there and videotaping it and all this stuff. And well, Anyway, I could feel this energy going on, and it was getting really late. It was about time for us to wrap it up so that we could leave and Ron and Jan could stay in the room. And so I'm like, oh, Ron, let me go, you know, use the bathroom for a minute. So I go in the bathroom, and as I'm in the bathroom to go wash my hands, you know, I look up, and I see this woman with dark hair, uh, Victorian outfit, right? She's in the mirror. And I know this sounds nutty to somebody, but I was like, I am so tired. I am so sorry. I'll have to go back. So when you saw her in the mirror, you saw her in place of yourself or or separately? in place of myself. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So she was literally there. Like my, It was not my reflection. It was hers. And I thought, oh, this is very odd. But, again, odd is, you know, it's what we do. part of my life. 
<laughs> so when I came out of the room, I remember you asking me the question, like, hey, why didn't Steve, that's my husband, why didn't Steve come? And I'm like, oh, you know, and I went into the hold, you know, he just doesn't want to, and you're lucky you have Jan that's here. And, and then um, I said, oh, by the way, there's a woman in the bathroom, and she's, you know, she's here, and you're like, ooh-hoo, Mr. Smart Guy, you jump on the bed, and hey, bring it to me, you know? And I remember saying to you, like, hey, be careful about that. And even, you know, Clay was saying it, like, be careful. Remember, you know, um, Ghostbusters, when the librarian had this face of, you know, the skull with the eye sockets and all this stuff. And, you know, when he went to kiss her, she turned into that. And anyway, it was kind of a joke. And uh, I and what's very bizarre for me is, like, we, we chuckled it off and then we left. Um, but I usually would protect myself. And. For some reason, I was exhausted, so exhausted that I didn't think I could drive home. But I said, you know what, I'll drive home. I get home, I said, well, I'll protect myself, I'll do the you know, holy water and the cleansing when I get in the house. And I get in the house, I'm like, I just can't do it, I'm so tired. So I go to bed and said, I'll do it in the morning. Well, anyway, I wake up, I have never, I never slept so good, okay? I wake up in the morning, and I, I won't forget, the curtains, like, billowing, the air, you know, the sunlight's coming in, the window is open. My husband comes over, and he turns around, and he was so angry. He looked at me, and he's like, if you ever go out on your little ghosty investigations, you better sleep in another bedroom. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So he proceeded to tell me that he heard me come home, he heard me lay down next to him, and then he felt me rubbing his back. Well, oh, yes. I mean, it wasn't me. I was sleeping. Um, and then he said, you know, and then the next I know, I'm on top, and I'm giving you a big kiss. And he says, and then the light came through the curtain, and I looked down at your face, and you were nothing but a skull and eye sockets. Uh. And, yeah, and he's like, I thought I just turned and looked to my left, and you were sleeping. So me being me, probably not very nice, I started chuckling and smiling. <laughs> Did a silent thank you. Huh? As I did. Yes, as you did. And uh, I was like, so you cheated on me with a ghost. Well, he wasn't happy. Um, So anyway, what happened is, you know, the poor man, I tortured him for a week. And, and, you know, when we wrote the book, the uh, editor, who was, like, proofreading the book, was so upset with us. And she was upset with me. Like, how do you think that's funny? I'm like, well, if you were married to him at the time, it was 25 years, right? Or 25 years or so, if you've been married to somebody for over 20 years and they think you're crazy sometimes and you have some validation, I'm sorry, it's funny. So. Yeah, a lot of things that we wrote nobody thought were funny. <laughs> I'm like the most horrible person on earth. <laughs> yes, yeah, the long story, um, I apologize, but I really had to give you the long story to get the, the picture. But. Yeah. yeah, John says that's scary for Maureen's husband. Yeah, it was for him, not for us, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, but you know the funny part. I'm sorry, it's funny. All right, the funny part is, my I said to my husband. Now, be, I'm totally honest. I said, "Can we put that in the book?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, whatever." And then when the book came out, we got that advanced copy. Right? He oh, didn't yeah. care about anything else. He only read that chapter. He stopped reading the chapter, and he just looked at me and he said, "You put it in the book." I said, "Well, you said I could." <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I asked you, and I was nice about it. I said I, I, I made it much lighter. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get into detail. But um, anyway. Oh, that's too funny. So anyways, uh, let me see what time we're doing. Okay, we're doing okay. Uh, 
because I, I do want to talk about uh, St. Germain as well and the Violet Flame. Uh, okay. Which is, it's interesting. A lot of people don't know about it. Maybe we'll just switch over. We can always switch back now because I definitely want to get in. That's so, absolutely fine. Uh, St. Germain and the Violet Flame. Uh, this is interesting. I had never heard of it before until I, I met you, of course. <laughs> yeah. So for our listeners, would you, you want to talk a little bit about it? And just tell us who St. Germain uh, and what the violet flame is and so forth? Yes. Well, it is believed by many that St. Germain was someone who lived in the uh, 1500s or so, in the Middle Ages, and he was thought, you know, and he was a human that, you know, um, they call him like the ascended master of St. Germain, that he was a great alchemist, right? So when you say alchemist back in the Middle Ages, it was someone who wanted to transmute, for instance, or to take... Um, metal and turn it to gold, right, to make this right. uh, alchemy. But what really what he stands for is more so for a spiritual alchemist, right? So when you talk about the violet flame, it's really working with one of these specific color rays and the highest form of energy really is considered to be the violet or the purple flame, mm-hmm. and it's for a transmutation. So it's, it's changing your karmic path. It's for trying to reduce and get rid of negative, you know, negative feelings, um, you know, the feeling of frustration and sadness and illness and so forth that can be used for a multitude of ways. But I will say is when people are working with the violet flame, I mean, there are very, you know, some people will create these really long and huge, like, prayers, right, that you have to read. And honestly, I don't think it's necessarily that you have to have these long prayers. I think the majority of it is really, you know, asking, for instance, even Archangel Michael to be with you. So you have that feeling, um, you know, of having a higher master or an archangel with you. Someone assists you to do it. And really what you want to do is get yourself comfortable. You visualize to have this flame. And for those who really work with it, unbelievable things can happen. Now, some people will use their... Um, creative visualization, which is fine, right? So you're, cre- right. you're visualizing this flame around you and the flames coming up and you're talking about this violet flame and there's a short little prayer you can use. Um, and it's like, I am the violet fire, the purest light of God's desire. Is really the only, you know, that you need to say. Um, and when I went through a period of using that uh, many years ago, I have to say I had some amazing experiences uh, doing that. And so much so that for me, I think I don't even can't even mention to you how many times I repeated that little prayer. Um, and there were times where everything that I was looking at just turned to purple. Like literally, uh, I remember driving home with my son from checking out a college in New York, and he wanted to drive the car. So I was sitting there. He was listening to crazy music. So I was trying to just close my eyes and rest for a few minutes. And I had been doing uh, the prayer, the invocation of the violet flame for weeks or months, right? And I was having the faith and the intention that it was going to work and I could feel it and experience it. And for whatever reason, the timing was just right. And I got this really heavy, not heavy, but like I could feel the energy getting strong and stronger and stronger. And when I opened my eyes, it was like I was looking through a world of purple, like a filter that was all violet. Purple sunglasses on but I had no sunglasses on, right. but absolutely, everything just looked purple. The, the, right. So now I was so amazed, I wanted to look at everything to see how long it would last. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did last, it probably lasted for several seconds, which to someone else will say, well, that's not a lot. But trust me, it, when that happens, it's a long time. And that's how I get 
uh, introduced it and, and asked you about it and, and did research on it is that uh, the same thing happened to me. Now, I, I, I didn't even know who this was, but uh, it, it's, it just started. I mean, my computer screen turned purple and uh, I, I would be driving it and I'd, I'd see a purple sky and, and, right. and then there'd be like purple lights here. And, and, and so I was all this, this purple was, I was seeing it uh, constantly. And that's uh, how I originally got uh, involved in it. And so, uh, you know, you know, that's, it's, you do some research on it too, because, you know, there's a lot about St. Germain that people don't know. He, he's, you know, one of the theories is send the master, but some people say he's never died, but he, he just is constantly different people. You know, he's been, for instance, uh, if you look at the, uh, the timeline I'm looking at, it says uh, he was originally Samuel in 11th century BC, and then Plato, St. Joseph, St. Alaban, uh, Proluscus, uh, Merlin, uh, Roger Bacon, uh, Christopher Columbus, uh, Francis Bacon, and there are even uh, there are even reports of him in, in 2000s uh, mm-hmm. where people have seen him as well. So it, you know it, it's interesting in this the story about this this person, whoever, or, or, or just the the whole idea of it. it. It's so interesting. Oh, it's amazing, and I will say you know to me. Um, it, it really connects with all the, you know, we obviously, to keep us, to me, to keep us ticking, we have a bit of, uh, you know, the whatever you want to call it, source, God is in, within us as well, right? Right. So I believe that when we connect and we're able to uh, increase our vibration, it's kind of like a sliding scale in life, right? So you have this long line of a sliding scale, and as we get closer and we raise our vibration higher and we connect to that, source energy, we're actually, you know, connecting into all that uh, purple light or the energy or being able to get into a closer vibration to be able to pick up on spirit or even pick up on information because to me, we're all connected at one certain level, right? We all have our thoughts, our energies, is uh, our thoughts, our energy, and we can tap into that sometimes as well. So again, when you when you have that time and you take a few minutes, practice it, right? Go online, like Ron said, do the research. Um, but I would say if, you, you know, if you're playing around with it and you think it's a joke and you don't believe in it, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, because you really have to be to the point of, and I would assume many people that are listening are open-minded, but open-minded to say there are more things out there than we are aware of. We're always learning. Everybody's always learning. Um, and try it. You know, you may really surprise yourself with what you have for a result. And, and the ultimate goal of contacting St. Germain and, and using the St. Germain uh, mantra is what, Maureen? Transformation? And it's for, you know, for really transmuting energy. I mean, a lot of times that, you know, and it's to, to actually create a more divine your own divine spirit and get stronger and closer into that light, right? Because um, I think what happens is we have, everything is heavy, right? That we live, you know, our day-to-day, we have our, the jobs that we do, we, you know, we're in this world but not totally of it, is what I used to say. Because we totally have to be able to pay our bills, earn a living, do all these things. And our egos get really a little too strong sometimes. So what happens is that can get you out of balance, right, very easily. 
um, listening to me, listening to some of the news that you hear all the time, listening to what's going on politically-wise these days, all these things that are affecting us, sometimes you don't realize how much they are affecting you. So there are times where you have the, you know, you might be going through the day and someone says something to you and you snap, you know, you feel angry for it, you don't even know why. But it could possibly be you're just pulling all this energy in and you're, you're drawing it in. If you want to try to transmute it and get rid of that and try to connect more with your higher self, um, I think that this is a good good way to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I, I think the reason that I even got involved is because I began working with you, and it I just needed that to uh, continue on my journey as far as uh, the, the paranormal path that, I, that I'm in now. So I, I think that's why I was... Uh, you know, connected with it uh, because it wasn't, you know, something like, you know, I went out and researched it. You know, I had the, the, uh, right. you know, the things happened first. That so it, it's it's interesting that you know this whole spirituality thing is just extremely interesting. You know, you can take it for wherever you you want, but it, it it's certainly interesting, and and I don't think it can do any harm at the very least. So oh, it certainly can God, do a lot no. of good. I- And I would tell you, and to add to that, Ron, um, is that I truly believe that many of the things that we are introduced to at certain times of our life is meant to be that time we, you know, something we need. Um, So for those people, and and I'd be interested to see how many, like, you know, somebody was going to do something else today, but their schedule freed up, and now they're on the, you know, they happen to, hey, they're, for some reason, they're drawn to listen to the show, Right. Um, and now they hear about St. Germain, and it's something they never heard about. Um, you know, maybe that is a sign, and we can get into that another time, right? A sign to you that maybe this is a message to you to start working with uh, St. Germain and see how you can transmute some of that, you know, either your negative thoughts or the energy that was created any time. I mean, it's, it's just unlimited, really, um, the ways that you can use the, the, like, the prayer and work with St. Germain to get yourself into a better energetic space. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Now, uh, a lot of people who have lost loved ones want to hear from them, and and they seem like they they can't connect at times. And So, I mean, I know I posted uh, uh, something on my Facebook page, which is Ronald Kolick, if you can, I'll accept anybody's friends. But uh, anyways, there's five signs that a deceased one is trying to contact you. Mm-hmm. And uh, why do you think it's it's difficult for some people who have lost a loved one to connect with them after they've passed? You know, that's kind of an open-ended uh, kind of question or answer, I should say. And I think okay. that to be able to connect with someone, it, it's I've had friends, for instance. Let me just—it's better to give you an example. Um, okay. I've had friends that their son passed, for instance. Him and his wife um, had this the 21-year-old son passed, and, you know, this poor man was so distraught. And I know, I know from communicating with his son that the son was trying everything he could to get through. Um, and then it just happened. You know, he kept saying, that I, I want nothing more than, I know you t- you've talked to him, Maureen, I know you felt him, I know you've experienced him, but I need to see him if I can. And I will say that he was very blessed in the way that he was, um, but he was in sitting in a position, sitting on a couch, so exhausted from doing whatever that I think his brain was just, like, almost shut off. And 
the timing was right. So the timing was right for his son to come through, and he was receiving at the time his son was coming through. So sometimes it's a timing to me, a timing issue, um, where someone may not be open or at an energetic level to be able to receive, even if the spirit's trying to come through. Um, I think it's very difficult, and for those who have had, um, you know, visual sightings, a lot of times we say, like you've even said, that when someone passes soon after um, and they show up, it's kind of like that connection, the bond of love, right? That it's like saying goodbye. Um, But I often feel that, you know, for instance, my father has passed 28 years ago, and I've seen him four or five times maybe in 28 years. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not something that it's a very frequent to happen, but when it does, there's no denying it. Um, right. Yeah, the number one sighting of spirit or ghost is what they call messenger ghost, and that's someone who has just passed, and they, they show up just to let you know that they're okay or to see that you're okay. Uh, it's it's very common. It's been you know reported. That's, like I said, the number one report of uh, spirit. But, you know, I looked at these these the five things that you know your, your loved ones are connected with you and you, when you look at it they're also how five things you can tell your house is haunted as well uh well no i guess except for number four so anyways you smell them yeah you can smell them you know you get a whiff of their perfume or, or cigarette smoke when you don't smoke and everything else you know right. that that's we talk about that in haunted locations uh, hiding or appearing objects, you know, objects that you, you put your keys down, then you go to get them, you can't find them, then they show back up uh, later, they're at the same spot. Uh, you know, but that's also uh, unexplained phenomena. Uh, for instance, you know, uh, light bulbs burning out more frequently. Oh, you should know about that. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, different devices going haywire and everything else, That that's also common. Uh, you feel them touch you. You feel, you know, like uh, going with spider webs. You feel like someone's touched you on the arm or, or you, you know, that type of thing. But the one thing that they have in this list that you don't see very often is they appear in dreams. And uh, you don't see that too often in, in a haunted uh, location. Not so it's, much haunted, but I think more of a family member or a friend yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This is why this yeah. is more, I think probably the number one sign in my book is if they appear in dreams and I think that's a a strong indication oh absolutely because to me um, and actually over the years if you have someone that appears in your dreams to me the more vibrant you dream the more colorful the more pertinent right (laughs) Um, and it speaks to you because typically not many people will dream in color number one but the more vivid your dream is whether it's in color or not a lot of times there's some message that even your subconscious is trying to get to you. But if you dream of a loved one that's passed, um, it's easier for them to come into your dreams because when you're awake again, you have this chaos of everyday life, things going on, the timing is really tough. But at, when you're sleeping, it's right when you go into that alpha you know, state, and then when you're coming out, you have that level that you're more receptive to picking up that, that uh, communication. Right, and and that's, you know, I, I know one case that you and I investigated. I, I remember the woman's mother used to uh, appear in her dreams after she died. And remember they used to go to the racetrack together and she would actually show them the winning horses for the, the next day? Exactly, yes. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, so that was actually... Uh, 
you know, pretty interesting. Of course, uh, she was Catholic, Catholic, so she had the uh, guilt complex, so she didn't bet on the horses. So eventually, the mother gave up uh, giving the winning horses to her. Right. <laughs> but, exactly. Uh, I, thought, I thought that was a. Uh, you know, I tell that story a lot because I I thought that was uh, so interesting. And so yeah. vivid too, which is important. Right. Exactly. I mean, and the other part is remembering. Like you'll say it's vivid, but if you have a dream that like just stays with you. Um, because I've had people say, geez, you know, I usually forget my dreams, but this one, they showed up, and it was like days I was thinking about this person because they were in my dream, and it was so real. And I was like, well, it probably was real, you know, because think of what's real. Everything is starts out in our mind anyway. Um, we envision what we want. We create, you know. I mean, inventors, it starts in their mind before it's manifested and created. So, I mean, the fact that someone could come through and they seem so real really, to me, resonates and makes sense to me that it would. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it's it, it's interesting, too. Is it, you know, I was just thinking about it, uh, you know, because... Uh, I know that you've dreamed about your mother before and people that have passed as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I had an interesting one. Actually, my father, like I said, had passed, and my mother was very sick at the time. She had started being sick. She went to get uh, She went to get uh, a mammogram done. And when she went for the mammogram, because she had a lump, and she came back and she said, oh, they said it was okay and there was nothing wrong. And uh, I remember that night I had a dream and my father was so angry. And he kept saying to tell her to go back to the doctors because they're wrong, mm -hmm. um, which I thought was odd. So I basically talked, you know, I, I convinced my mother with my sister. I said, you know, just call him back, you know. And they said, well, it was a little questionable. And they said, well, come on in for another check. Well, it turned out she did have breast cancer. Um, and she ended up getting treatment, having surgery, and going through the whole thing. And then years later, came back. But the whole point was, you know, my father was, like, right there getting so upset, saying it's not her time yet, so why is, you know, why isn't she getting it taken care of? Yeah, that was the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead. It's just, we just got to wrap it up. But uh, All right. we have one quick question from, well, we'll have to make it quick, from uh, Ghost Girl. She says, I dream of my mother a lot. Do you think she is trying to contact me? Why? Uh, you got to ask your mother. She may be trying to contact you. Maybe what you should do is ask her. Say, uh, is there something you want me to know? She might be just visiting her and checking in. Okay. You know, a lot of times I think they feel comfort knowing that you're aware that they're there and they make more of an appearance. So the fact that you've acknowledged her, that could be just enough for her, and she comes back just to check in on you. But, you know, ask her. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. Uh, you know, uh, would she get an answer in the dream or would she get it elsewhere? She might get it both. She might get an answer in the dream that she may not remember, but just be aware for some other sign that will be an answer to her, that she'll know it when she sees it. Right. So it would probably be something that's very uh, distinctive between or, or specific between her and her mother. Correct. Yeah. Well, anyway, so it's... Uh, just about over. I do want to mention one more thing. I will be in Andover on April 15th for a Victorian table tipping session at the uh, Unitarian Church there. Uh, go to the Circles of Wisdom and you can uh, reserve your spot. Uh, check out the website, neghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. 
Maureen Wood has been my guest and co-host, and I thank you so much for being with me, and I guess I'll see you tomorrow night, tomorrow night when we start writing again. Awesome, and thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us, and thanks, Ron. It was great being on. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yep, I thought it was fun, too, and it's always good to hear your voice. So I guess till next time, it's uh, time to wrap it up and uh, tune in uh, next Monday. And uh, we may, I have to, at, uh, I might have an announcement then. I just got to see if we can work it out. But uh, you soon, maybe you'll hear Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition elsewhere as well. So anyway, thanks so much, Maureen. Good night. Awesome. God bless, everyone. Good night. God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.